Well, good morning, good morning. Welcome to New Life. I'm Nate Krizik. I'm one of the pastors here this morning. If you would take your seats, that would be awesome. How's everybody doing today? Okay, all right. Still pretty light. Must have been a long weekend. So it's good to see you today. We want to welcome all of you who are watching out in North Platte at our North Platte location. I got family out there. So welcome all of you who are out in North Platte today. Also, we want to welcome you who are worshiping with us in the venue. We are glad that you're here. That's usually where I live on a Sunday morning. So, and we also want to welcome all of you who are in the main. All right, cool. So, uh, I am uh, Nate, and uh, that's where I usually live, is down in, in the venue every Sunday. So it's great to be down there, but it's also great to be with you. So thanks for letting me hang out with you. Uh, I want to say a big shout-out to Pastor Jeff. Uh, thanks for just giving me an opportunity to, to speak today. Also, we want to welcome you. There's some people that are at home today um, that are just worshiping in their PJs. So lucky you, but thanks for joining with us today. Um, and also, I had a uh, friend a couple weeks ago saying, hey, I was driving back from Georgia, and we had you on the TV or on the, the phone, the whole the device all the way home. So hey, wherever you're at today, thanks for being with us. So hey, we're in our current teaching series, Forgotten God, and uh, we're dealing with the Holy Spirit. A lot of times, people don't want to talk about the Holy Spirit. Sometimes they don't necessarily understand the Holy Spirit, and most often or not, it's usually the Holy Spirit's forgotten about. But today, we're going to just look at some practical ways that the Holy Spirit helps us to live a godly life. Amen? That's what the Holy Spirit's job is to do. Nothing spooky, nothing crazy. Just wants to help us live the godly life that he's designed for us. So to get us started today, um, how many people had uh, parents who asked you what you wanted to be when you grew up? Anybody? All of us, all of you should raise your hands. We probably all had parents that were like, hey, what do you want to be when you grew up? And um, they were probably asking for a number of reasons, right? Um, Probably because they just wanted to maybe get the conversation started. They wanted to go, so what are your passions? What do you like? Um, What are your interests, right? There's a lot of reasons why um, maybe you've had a grandma just ask, hey, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Other reasons why parents may ask their kid what they want to be when they grow up because they need to know, man, what do you want to be? Because I need to know how much college money I need to save so I can help you out. Amen? All the college students are going, amen? Yeah, okay. So there's that. Another reason why, um, you know, parents might ask their students and go, hey, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Because they're like, you know what? I haven't really seen a whole lot of productivity out of you. And so I want to know, are you going to add anything to society? Are you ever going to get off this couch and go do something with your life? You know what I'm saying, parents? Amen? Okay, maybe not. You don't have those kids. Okay. Well, good for you, moms and dads. Um, But you also need to know that parents are smarter than their kids. Amen. Come on, moms and dads. Where are you at? They are. So there's a reason, there's a true, real reason why they're asking, you know, why, what do you want to be when you grow up? Because they, they understand something. They understand that, hey, if you want to, to ever get to that place in that career or that goal that you have in set in mind, that you have to understand that your future is created by what you do today not by what you don't do tomorrow. It's by what you do today, not tomorrow, that you will reach those careers and those goals. Amen? So parents ask that. They go, hey, what do you want to, what do you want to be? Oh, I don't know. Well, let me help you. And so if parents, they do, they want to help you. They want to help you become disciplined. They want to lead you in the way that they should go. So what does every good parent do when they want to teach their kid discipline? They give them chores, right? They give you chores. They're like, hey, you know what? I'm going to teach you to be disciplined. I'm going to teach you to uh, go after things. So they teach you to what to do? Clean your room, go to bed on time, eat your vegetables, work with integrity, you know, be honest, treat others the way that you want to be treated, right? How many parents had parents that did that? Or how many people had parents that did that? We probably all did. And we've been infused with this discipline in our life that if you're a parent today or a grandparent, you're probably infusing that same DNA into your kids or your grandkids. And 
students today, you'll probably do the same when you get older. And it, it's, it's so cool that, that our parents want to instill that in us because they want us to be successful. And it's the same way with God. He wants us to be successful in the future. God cares about your future. Say, God cares, God cares. about my future. God's word says in the Bible that he has, a, he has a plan and a future. He cares about your future. But God cares more about what you're going to do, what you're doing today, than what you might do 10 years from now. God cares more about the disciplines that you do today, about being with God, not so much about doing something for God. You understand? You kind of see where we're going today? God's dream for you is to maximize his giftings in your life. God's desire is to do that in you. See, I believe that all of us have this unreached potential inside of us. We're not exactly doing God's perfect will for our life. We, we, sometimes we cut ourselves short or we go, well, this is a lot easier. I can just do this. And, but God is wanting to maximize his spirit in us to accomplish his perfect plan. And the way he does that is through sending us his Holy Spirit. Amen? And so today, if you're taking notes, here's the title of today's message. Forget about God's will for your life. What did he just say? Forget about God's will for your life. Some of you are going, dude, where is Pastor Jeff and why did he let this guy speak today? <laughs> but he, I'm, I'm serious. I, I, want you, I want you to get the idea of what, what I'm talking about. Forget about God's will for your life. Forget about the 10-year, the 5-year, the 6-year, the 9-year, the 20-year plan, the big idea, the big picture of, man, God has one thing for me and this is the big idea. And if he doesn't tell me that, then you know what? I'm not going to just do anything. That's what we do a lot of times as Christians. We go, hey, I'm waiting for God to Facebook me, to email me, to Snapchat me, to Instagram me, to, to the, with the audible voice. Hey, I want you to do this. We're waiting as Christians for God to do that when that's not the way he really, that's not the way he responds. He's just asking you to be disciplined today, be with him now, do what he's asking you to do now, and you'll be at the center of God's will in the future. Um, and so today we're going to look at some passages of scripture that are super powerful that show us how God sent his Holy Spirit to do that. So 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 to 4 says this, his divine power, say with me, his divine power, his divine power. Now say Holy Spirit. There we go. They're one and the same. His divine power, his Holy Spirit has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Amen. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises. So today, what are some of the promises that God has given us? You know, he's given us the forgiveness of sins. He's given us, when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, we get to spend eternity with him in heaven. Those are some precious, precious gifts that he gives to us when, we're, when we receive them. And so we'll continue. That through them, you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. See, that's God's design. If, if you're looking at a passage, this is perfect, and this, this helps us to understand what God's will and perfect plan is for us today. So today, if you want to live in step with the Holy Spirit, you just need to ask the right question. God, not what do I need to do in four years or five years. Some of you college students, you're coming in today at all of our campuses, and you're going, man, this is what I think I'm supposed to do with my life. And you're like, I'm going to go get my education, my career, so I can do that. But did you know that, you know, the average student changes their degree seven times through the process? So God may say, hey, that's cool. That's a good idea. Follow that out. But I might have something else for me, for you today. He might have something else for me. 
in the future. And that's okay, and that's cool. So, God, what do you want me to do today so that I can live closer in your will today? Today. And so we're going to continue. Um, how, many people like to, uh, how many people like to color? Any colorers out there? You love to color? It's okay, adults. Coloring is cool, okay? And if you're like, dude, coloring is not cool, it's cool. So, um, do you remember when you used to color and you would flip to the page and there used to be this, um, this one page that had a bunch of dots and it would say start at one, connect the line to number two, to three, to four, to five, to six, all the way up to 100? Anybody, you ever, you remember doing that? All right, thank you. Awesome, a few of you. We used to do that. And, and that's kind of the picture that I want to paint for you. Uh, God, God showed my wife this last night. She's like, this is a perfect picture. And I was like, thanks, Drew, you're awesome. Coloring is cool. Okay, and so God just showed her this picture of when you're looking at the dots, you don't have a clue what it's really supposed to make. But as you listen to the Holy Spirit and you take each step and you connect each dot, each line together, at the end of the, at the, end of the time of completing the, the picture, you go, oh my goodness, look at that masterpiece that I created. And that's the same way with where we're at with our relationship with God. God is saying, hey, would you just take one step at a time, one step at a time? So where do we start today? It all starts with faith. There, when we were born, when we're all born, we're, we're born into the kingdom of self. If you, don't, if you don't believe me, just go look at a two-year-old, correct? You look at a two-year-old and you understand that they are all about the kingdom of self. It's all about them, what they want all the time. And some of us really never bypass or graduate out of the kingdom of self. Now we're living out of the terrible twos into the terrible twenties and forties and fifties. You know what I'm saying? It's still all about the kingdom of self. But if you desire to grow in your relationship with God today, you do that through faith in Jesus Christ when you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart and you take that step of faith and say, you know what, Jesus, you're the Lord and the leader of my life, and you step in, and you step in to the center of God's will, into the kingdom of God, and you find yourself, as you take those little steps of obedience, you find yourself just gravitating to the center of God's will. That's the big picture today. Are you taking care of the disciplines today? Are you being obedient today so that when in four years— Something comes up, you'll be right at the center of God's will because you took the steps to, that were ordered by God to get there today. So we're going to continue to read in Second Peter chapter 1, 5 through 7. It says this, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge. And it says, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to, to a mutual affection, it's love. Add to those things. And so this is the ultimate, this is what it truly looks like to, to live and to fulfill God's will for your life. If you add to these things to your faith, you will live at the center of God's will. I promise you, you'll do that. So today, before we get going, before we run through all of these, all seven of these qualities, qualifications and what the Holy Spirit wants to add to us. I'm just going to pray. Is that cool today? I'm going to encourage you to just uh, put your spirit listening ears on to hear from the Spirit as I speak and be obedient to the Holy Spirit as he leads you and as he speaks to you. So let's pray today. God, today we love you and we thank you that you love us. And God, you love us right where we're at, but you love us enough to not leave us where we're at. And God, you see the untapped potential in all of us. You desire that we would be more Christ-like. So Jesus, I ask that you would help us. Holy Spirit, speak to us today. Convict our hearts. Speak to us that we would walk in obedience as you lead us and guide us. And all God's people said today,
Amen. So we're going to get started. So today, add to your faith goodness. Basically, the explanation for, for faith or for goodness is this. It's doing the right thing at the right time, in the right way, with the right spirit. It's, that's what it's all about. It's, it's doing the right thing at the right time, in the right way, with the right spirit, because it's all for God. That's your desire to live good is because it's, it's obedient to the Lord. It's pleasing to the Lord. What if today after uh, church in North Platte and down in the venue and here or wherever you're at, what if I said, hey, everybody, I want you to meet up here at the church and we're going to go uh, try and run a marathon. How many of you would be like, I'm up for it? All right. I don't see one hand. Maybe we have one runner back there. The rest of you would be like, dude, do you see this figure? This baby is not made for running. You know what I'm saying? Some of you are like, but others of you are just crazy enough. You might say, hey, let's try it. Let's go run 26.2 miles and let's go see what, see what might happen. And that's the thing that I, I want to talk to us about. A lot of us, we would go out and try. We would give our effort, but most of us probably would fail. And so I don't want us to just try to be good. I want to encourage us to train to be good. There's a difference between training and trying. Amen? You understand what I'm saying? When you train for something, you typically, um, you have a regiment. You have like a schedule that you stick to. You usually might get a coach. When I, like, when I run, I don't have a coach, but I do have a Nike app, and it asks me, how did you feel today? I feel like terrible. And I hit the little smiley face with the down face. It was hard today. You know what I'm saying? I have a coach and it goes, well, good try. Try again later. You know, it, it encourages me and it's an app. It'll talk back to me. You know, sometimes when, you know, when you're training for something, you will actually go out and buy the equipment that's needed to compete, right? It would be crazy if all um, the North Platte and the Kearney High football team, if they would go out, they have games next Friday, if they would show up to the football game wearing flip-flops. They'd get whooped, right? You would never do that. You would never show up, hey, let's play football and flip-flops. You do what? Get out of here. You don't do it. But you put on, you put on the, the outfit or the equipment that's needed to compete in the ability so you can do well with the action. And, and my life verse is this in Colossians 3.10. It says, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. It's a life verse for me because it, it challenges me. I'm really good at my old nature. Anybody else out there really good with your old nature? But I have to challenge myself. I have to train myself to put on my new nature because it's very easy for me for my old nature just to come out. And it reminds me to put on my new nature and grow and grow as I learn to know my creator and become like him. And I want to challenge you today. What are you putting on today? What are you putting on? Also remember this. That whatever your natural temperament might be, it's not a barrier to your spiritual growth. This was a very enlightening, there was an enlightenment moment for me when I I realized sometimes we all want to be unique, right? We like to distinguish ourselves, to be unique. Um, But there was a moment where I thought, I can just act however I want because that's the way God designed me. Wrong. That would be wrong. And and there was a moment seven years ago when I came to new life um, that I uh, I was really crass. I didn't have a whole lot of compassion. I didn't have a whole lot of gentleness. I didn't have a whole lot of tact. I'm a kind of guy that I'm just going to, you tell me something, and if I don't like it, I'm just going to tell you how I think it should go. And I don't care what you think. That's, that's my old nature. And so when I got here, I used to have a lot of conversations, especially with Pastor Roger, who's on staff. He would say, he would bring the young guy in and be like, Son, come let me talk to you about this. And so we would have those moments. He'd be like, Dude, you got to just cool your jets. You're out of line. And I was just like, well, that's how God made me. I can just be, I can just say it how I want to. And wrong. It wasn't anything godly. I was pushing more people away from God than leading them to God. And it was a moment where I felt like 
I thought, okay, well, this is one conversation. Then the conversations just continued to come at me. And I was like, we probably should examine this, and we should probably figure this out. And so for a long time, for a season, not a long time, but for a season, for months, my prayer would just be, God, give me compassion. God, give me gentleness. I got, I, God, I want to be, be good. I, I know I can't be good on my own. I can try, but I'm going to fail. But Holy Spirit, will you help me to train to put in the good fruits of the Spirit, to put in those things that I need so that I can be honoring, God honoring to you to bring you praise and bring you glory. And there was a season afterwards where I would have conversations where the old nature would want to come out and I'd be like, well, okay, the Holy Spirit's speaking to me. Hey, I'm just going to listen. I learned to slow my speech and just hang out. And there were moments and seasons in my life where then Pastor Roger would come to me and go, man, way to go, dude. You're not as hard and crass as you used to be. And it was the Holy Spirit. Why did the Holy Spirit do it in me? Because I asked him to do it. I gave him permission, come and live inside of me. Come and fix this old man and make me new. And he wants to do the same for you, amen? Amen, are you asking, are you allowing the Holy Spirit to do that in you? Are you welcoming the Holy Spirit to say, hey, come and change me. Help me to be good. So what do we need to do today? For us, we need to follow the Holy Spirit to one of the things that he's focusing on. There's going to be six more of these qualities that God wants us to add to. And are you going to be obedient and respond to to the one that the Holy Spirit's speaking to you? The spiritual discipline, if you're taking notes, this is a spiritual discipline that I would encourage you to practice. It's the altar. In all of our locations across New Life, we have altars. And we say the altars are for the hungry. Spend time at the altar. Humble yourself and come and just empty yourself out and say, God, here I am. Do with me what you will. The second spiritual discipline is rest. Physical and spiritual rest. You can't be your best without rest. You can't be your best. You need to take care of your body, spiritually and physically, so that you can be the best that God wants you to be and has desired for you to be. So train to live a godly life. Number two, knowledge. Basically, the explanation for this one is a general understanding of the Christian life. What does it look like to follow Jesus Christ? Learn what's right and what's wrong, what God wills and what he doesn't. You know, to know the Bible means you're probably going to have to read it. You're probably going to have to study it. You're going to have to take some time. But help me, help me with this, uh, this Dr. Seuss phrase. Will you help me with the end of this? Because I know you all know this Dr. Seuss line. One fish, two fish, red fish. Dude, you all know it. Why? Because somebody read Dr. Seuss to you. Somebody, you have kids and you read Dr. Seuss. Um, you, you all know that it's the one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. Why? Because you put it inside of you. And it's the same way with God. You put God inside of you, God will come out. God will come out. That's, that's profound. But it's Dr. Seuss in the Bible. What? It's profound. If you put God in, he will come out. I promise you. But you've got to take time to grow in the knowledge. Maybe you're a good person. Awesome. You figure that out. But today, maybe you don't understand the word of God or understand fully who the Holy Spirit is. Gain some knowledge. Get into a life group. They're in your bulletin today. In your bulletin, there's a list of them. College students, we welcome you back. We're glad that you're here. Get plugged into a life group. You need a community. I understand what you can spell. You can't spell blank without UNK. I get it. Everybody's out there partying it up and having a good time out at UNK. But man, if you want to live a godly lifestyle, you need to get plugged in. You need to get plugged in to a life group, to a community. And that's the same for out in North Platte. If you're at Mid Plains Community College, 
It's no different. The same stuff's going on. Get plugged into a life group wherever you're at, wherever you're at. One of the spiritual disciplines for this is just be a regular attender in church. Get yourself up and get to church. Make sure you're attending regularly. Find yourself in solitude and study. Find yourself just meditating on God's word, spending time with the Lord. A daily devotional would be great to do. If you want to grow in your knowledge, free up your schedule to grow. So many times we are dictated by our schedules. Our schedules run our life, but if you want to grow spiritually, you're going to have to free up your schedule and make some time to be in a life group, be at church, be around godly people. Amen? Amen. We're going to keep going. Self-control. Self-control is this, to master your desires and passions. As you learn what God wants for your life, master it. How many people take showers? Thank you. Awesome. Okay, good. I thought maybe I was hanging out with the junior hires, man. They were like, we don't take showers, man. What? No. Okay. You take shower, right? And man, there's a real struggle when you leave your shower and you go to a hotel or somebody else's shower, right? Because you don't know where the dial, how it works. Amen? You get in there and you're flipping it over and you're like, ah, it's hot or it's cold. Or some of you are just like, I'm not going to get into that thing. And you just, oh, okay. And put your hand in your toes and you're like, oh, that feels good. But God wants us to master it. I just moved into a new house and I've mastered it. I can be yawning and I can have my eyes closed. I know you go all the way to the left and a quarter back and boom, that's the sweet spot. Praise Jesus. I'll stay in there all day. And that's where God wants us to live. Amen? He wants us to live in the sweet spot with him. But you have to be, learn to, to work with him and be self-controlled. Because he wants you to live in the sweet spot. He wants to use you. Amen? Amen. So listening to the Holy Spirit. Listening to the Holy Spirit. Living in that sweet spot with God. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you master those life-controlling issues that you have, addictions. Ask the Holy Spirit to transform your mind, to reduce your desires towards those things, and to tame your tongue, whatever it looked like. That's what God needed to do for me. But I promise you, if you're left to yourself, you'll never be able to fix yourself. The only way you'll ever find freedom and self-control, it's only going to come through the power and submission of the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's it. When you submit to Jesus Christ, you'll find to learn how to self, have self-control. So our, our spiritual discipline is this, fasting and tithing. Basically, learn to say no to yourself. Practice saying no to yourself. When there's events and activities that are going on that you go, man, that's going to derail me from, with my relationship with God. You need to say, you know what? No, that's not going to be good for me. I can't go to that sporting event because those type of, those people that I'm going with, man, that, they're going to easily influence me. Maybe it's the movies. Maybe it's the music. I don't know what it is, but you know the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. Avoid triggers that upset your momentum towards God. And then continue to repeat godly behaviors. If you want to live self-control, you're going to have to continually repeat those godly behaviors. Number four, perseverance. This way, stay steady even in midst of the storms and trials and suffering. I know a lot of us, we get into this, I would call it a rhythm with God, right? We get into this rhythm where we're doing daily devotions. We've, we're learning to be good. We're learning to have self-control. To, we understand the Bible. All of these things. But then this outside force comes in and just kind of crashes into us. and just begins to kind of knock us off life's course. Have you been there? The trials of, of life? And, and so many times we get there and we get knocked out of rhythm. Anybody watch NASCAR? I like NASCAR. NASCAR. Okay, okay, whatever. I mean, some of you don't watch NASCAR. If you like to take a good nap on a Sunday morning, 
There you go. Turn on NASCAR. It's great. But why do people watch NASCAR? For the wrecks. Oh, you're right. They watch it for the wrecks. But the drivers don't like a wreck. I actually, uh, what was it, three years ago, I drove a NASCAR out in Vegas. I went out and I was driving, and, and they were like, okay, so this is what we do, blah, blah, blah. And so we're, we're, we're flying down the track, and we get into the corner. And what you do is you don't just let your foot all the way off the gas. You kind of just roll your foot a little bit. You, you let the car set up, and then you just hammer that gas around that corner, and just hang on, baby, she's going to take you. In the same way in a, with race car drivers, when they're out there on the track with a, a bunch of people, they kind of get into a rhythm. They're driving around, boom. But all of a sudden, when, a, when an accident happens, now everything's flying at them. It's coming quickly. What do they do? They don't slam on the brake. No. They have a spotter in their ear going, hey, let me help you. Let me guide you. Hey, the wreck's low. Go high. And they don't say slam on the brake. No, they say just keep your, keep your foot on the gas. Stay steady and drive right through it. And that's the way we can persevere in our relationship with the Lord. We have the Holy Spirit with us who is our spotter. He's our helper. He's our counselor. Not saying, hey, it's okay. Your life's falling apart. It's derailed. Just stop. No, the Holy Spirit's saying, hey, just persevere. Just stay on the gas. Keep doing what you were doing. Don't stop communing and meeting with God. Keep doing it. You'll make it through on the other end. Amen? Live a godly life in spite of trials and sufferings. So what do we need to do? We need to um, allow the Holy Spirit to, to stay. Allow the Holy Spirit to stay within us and just say, Holy Spirit, will you help me to stay constant? Will you help me to stay content? Even when I want to flee, Holy Spirit, help me to stay. I bet there's been moments in your life where the Holy Spirit's shown himself faithful. You need to go back to those moments in your life where the Holy Spirit was faithful. And you need to praise him and you need to thank him and go, you know what? God, you were faithful in this season, in this moment, when it seemed like I couldn't handle it, I couldn't make it through, but you were constant and you were faithful. Go back to those moments and rejoice and remember the faithfulness of God. Other moments, in the current situation of, your, of the hardship and the trials, you need to worship through it. I know it's hard, and when you're in the valley and it's dark, it doesn't feel like, man, I got anything to worship about. But God's faithful, He's bigger. He's greater. He'll help you. Worship him through the process. And then meditate on this verse, Romans 8, 28. It's not on the screen, but here you go. We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Hold on to that, that God causes everything to work together for those who love him, who love him. Continue to love him. Meditate on it, that he's for you. He's not against you. That no weapon formed against you should prosper. It's not that no weapon won't ever form against you, but it won't prosper. Hold on to those promises of God today. Number five, godliness. It's basically respect and reference, devotion towards God. It's putting God on this pedestal and saying, God, man, I want to be like you. I desire to know you. There is none like you. Your character, your power, your wisdom, your understanding— God, I desire all of that. Jesus, I see how you lived a perfect life. You had power. You had authority. I desire that in my life. It's putting God on this pedestal saying, God, you're it. You're who I want. You are what I desire. It's when we have these passions and devotions that God will help us live right in the center of his will. Cultivate. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you that passion to live there at the center of God's will. 
How many of you have an occupation? Any of you got occupations? All of you have an occupation. On the count of three, yell it out. One, two, three. Okay, I have no clue what you said, but that's good. Thank you down in the venue and uh, out in North Platte. Thank you. I I couldn't hear you either. But hey, all of us have these occupations. And so many times we take all of our identity from these occupations, right? It's like, I'm a pastor, so when I come in, it's crazy. Every time I go to a family event or anytime I go to anything and they know that I'm a pastor, what do they make me do? Pray. Exactly. It's like, Brother Nate, Reverend Nate, Pastor Nate, would you pray for us? And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, you know, that's fine. And whatever it is, it might be the same for you. If you're a welder, it's like, dude, call this guy. Call Jim. He's a welder. He'll come over and fix your trailer for you. I mean, you can never get away from your occupation. But it's the same way in, in, our, in our relationship with God. If you today call yourself a Christian, you are associated with, with Christ, which means godly. So, in fact, your, your identification is godly. I know that sounds weird to say. I wouldn't encourage you to go around and say, hey, I'm godly. That would be weird. That would be awkward. Don't do that. But really, that's who you, how you can be identified because of your relationship with Jesus Christ. And we come to this understanding of going, you know what? I strive to be godly. I strive to live perfect. I'm not perfect, but I'm being perfected each and every, each and every day by the one who is perfect. That should be our hearts. That should be our desire to live a godly life that's pleasing to the Father. Pleasing to to the Father. So today, the, the process is, is pretty simple. I would encourage you to read, get into God's word. Ask the Holy Spirit to, to guide you into, into truth. I'd encourage you to meditate on it. Let it sink in. Th- these scriptures here, this is something that you're going to have to go chew on for a while. You're going to have to be like a dog on a bone and just eat on it for a while. It's cool. This isn't something that's just a quick response. Okay, cool, I got it, I'm done. no. This is something that you meditate on. You let it sink in. And then you pray and ask God that his truth, would, his truth and his word would cut your heart. If you want to live godly, you've got to say, you've got to put in the moment and the time with the Holy Spirit and allow the word to penetrate and speak to your heart. And he'll do that. He'll do that. So today's your spiritual discipline is for godliness. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. You have to train daily. If you're a runner, you got to put on your shoes, put on your short shorts, and go for it. <laughs> if you want to be a successful cook, you got to go put the time in the kitchen. You got to watch cooking shows. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a lifestyle. It just doesn't come easy. You don't just get big muscles by eating Cheetos. Go put in some time, all right? All right. Number six, mutual affection. Christian friendships, inspire to spur each other on. Surround yourself with Christians, godly people, friendships that are going to challenge you. Don't find people that are just like, yeah, they're yes people. You know, you've ever met yes people? I love them, but I'm not a yes person. I am totally not a yes person. I'll tell you what's wrong like that. Roger knows. That's why he's laughing. Yeah, I will tell you. But don't find yourself with people that are just like, I'll just take you how you are. No, find people that are going to go, you know what? That's not godly. Let me help you out. Let me love you through the process. Those are the type of people because you want to be better. Amen? Right? You don't work out with somebody who's weaker than you. No, you work out with somebody who's stronger than you that knows how to bulk up those muscles. It's the same way in our relationship with God. Find people, surround yourself with people that will help you grow in your relationship with God. Ways to do that are in life groups. Uh, can I just brag on our youth for a second? Man, I love the youth um, of this church. Um, this summer, 
We moved nine people this summer. Now, all of you are going to be like texting, passionate, hey, we're moving. Can I help you? Can you help us? Can we help us? No, but man, I loved it. This summer, we moved nine people, and these students, these young people from junior high, high school, and some of our young adults would get together at random times. People would call and say, hey, we have to move out by tomorrow. Can you get people together? And I'd be like, oh, praise the Lord. Here we go. Text. Boom. Group text. Yeah, I'm in Pastor Nate. Sure, I can help. Yeah, I'll get off work even. Oh man, it was awesome. But it was in those moments that we grew. Were we hot? Were we tired? Absolutely. But it was fun. It's fun when you get to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. When you get to serve with people who are like-minded, who are Christians, who are godly people. It's fun. Get into those relationships. Strive for those relationships. You know, so many times in ministry, you are missing out, really. God, there are so much gifts in this church, in, in you as the, the congregation, and, you know, there's so many gifts in you that you're missing out because you're not using God's gift, and the church is missing out because you're, you're not using your gifts. Use your gifts. Some of are like, well, I haven't sang in 30 years. Who cares? Try out. Well, I don't, I'm not sure if I really like people. That's okay. We'll put you somewhere where you don't have to like people. It's totally fine. Whatever your gifting is, we will love to put you to work. And I promise you, you'll find fulfillment and joy as you serve the king and you use your gifts and your talents and your abilities. I promise you, you will. You will. So a spiritual discipline is this, confession. Share your struggles, share your trials, share your failures, even your sin. Let iron sharpen iron. Get yourself in relationship with people. I understand this is a tough one because this is all about time again. Giving up your time. Giving up family time. But I promise you, if you want to live at the center of God's will, get in godly relationship with people. The last one today, number seven, love. Basically, love displayed. It's an undeserving, unearned toward everyone at all times. You just give love. You extend love. It's not, it's, it's self-sacrificing. It's an active type of love. It's a thoughtful type of love. It's not some sappy, sentimental type of love. It's not enabling, but it's a caring type of love. The best way to illustrate this type of love is, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that none would perish. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's the greatest type of love that we can even comprehend and understand. And when we begin to receive God's love and then extend that type of love, man, God can do an amazing, amazing things. So today, spiritual discipline is this, sacrifice. Love people right where they're at, not judge them, don't label them, don't stereotype them, don't marginalize them. Just love people right where they're at. This week I had an amazing conversation with my hairstylist. Some of you are like, you pay for that haircut? Yes, I do. <laughs> I do. I do. And I was sitting in the chair, and I, I mean, she's coming here for a long time. And uh, I, I know her well. And we're talking, and we don't always see eye to eye on some things. And we had this really deep conversation about just loving people. She goes, man, don't you just get so frustrated with people? Aren't they just sometimes they're just stupid and dumb? I said, absolutely. But I said, their faults, their sin doesn't disqualify them from God. My sin, my faults don't disqualify me from, me from God. God's called me just to love people where they're at. 
Love them enough not to leave them there, but sometimes people just want to be left there. In the filth, they want to be left there. But that doesn't give me any reason to not love them. So love people right where they're at. Family members, your spouse, when they treat you wrong. Man, we could get a whole other subject on marriage, man. But I'm just saying, it's 100% all the time, husbands and wives. Don't wait for her to give you 50 or him to give you 50. Just give it 100% all the time. And you will honor the Lord with your marriage. You'll honor the Lord with your marriage. You'll be right at the center of God's will. So today, as we wrap up, I'm gonna end with this piece of scripture in 2 Peter verse, or chapter 1, verse 8. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you add to your faith goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, Christian relationships, and love, you will be right at the center of God's will. Don't wait for God to send you a Snapchat today. It's not going to happen. Just take the moment, relax, say, God, I don't need to know what four years, five years, ten years looks. God, I just want to be faithful today with what you're asking me to do. So that in those years to come, I will be right where you want me to be. Amen? Would you stand with me today as we pray? And as the worship team come. Jesus, today we love you and we thank you for your word that speaks truth to us. God, that you love us right where we're at. You accept us right where we're at, but you love us enough not to leave us there. So Jesus, I ask that you would help us to put on our new nature that's found in you. Holy Spirit, would you speak to each and every heart like I know that you are? God, would your people be obedient to respond to you? God, we want you to have all of control of us. Have all of me. Have all of me. God, today that I would live a life that is pleasing, that is honoring to you, that I would find myself right at the center of your will. And so when I look back on the day, I go, wow, man, look what you did in me and through me. Jesus, today I ask that you would soften our hearts, soften our hearts today, that we may respond to you that we would leave different than we came today. Jesus, we love you and we thank you. And all God's people said, amen.